0: For Pacifica Radio, May 1st, 2022, I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, it is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton. I'm the editorial director of anti and author of the book Enough Already. Time to end the war on terrorism. You can find my full interview archive, more than 5,700 of them now, going back to 2003 at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash show. And you can follow me on Twitter at show alright you All right, y'all, introducing again Nasser Arabi. He is a reporter out of Sana'a, Yemen. And uh, as we like to joke, the New York Times used to run his pieces back when they wanted to know what he had to say. But I've been interviewing him for seven years now since the start of the latest phase of the war in Yemen. When Obama turned around and took al-Qaeda and Saudi and UAE side against the Houthi regime that had seized power in Sana'a. And uh, two weeks ago we talked to Nasser and he had some good news for us that this ceasefire is different and better than the other ceasefires. So now it's time for... Our update welcome back to the show nasser how are you doing sir
1: yeah thank you very much thank you for having me i
0: appreciate you joining us so um what's the news how is the ceasefire holding up there
1: it's still holding and it's still completely different as i told you last week completely different than any of the previous uh ceasefires so um uh it's different because um of the compromises being made from all parties. It's different because it's agreed now by all parties. It's different now because the president is gone and vice president is gone. President was um, uh, was no longer wanted by, by the parties, almost by all parties, uh, by uh, Saudis. The vice president was Uh, not wanted by the Americans. So these two are gone. Uh, All parties wanted the ceasefire, and they started to implement it. The the, the ships are being uh, allowed in, as I told you. The airboat is supposed to be open. Yes, it is until now. It is not open because of uh, technical things and because they kept... uh, they only kept the the the, the, Yemeni, the airline kept uh, apologizing for delaying, uh, which means uh, there is no there is no violation of the of the ceasefire, there is no violation of the truce, but uh, maybe the Sana airport is not open until now. It was supposed to be open uh, last Sunday. It is not until now. Maybe next Sunday. Uh, nothing big or nothing big has happened, but uh, because of some, um, there is a, I would say there is um, big pressure being being applied to Houthis because they want Houthi to open the the roads in Taiz. Taiz is also blocked. the 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 central city of Taiz is still uh, blockaded by Houthi. and maybe they want the blockade to be lifted and the uh, overtures so that they can open the airport of Sana'a. This is what I can say why Sana'a airport is not open until now. But the truce is still holding and it's now more than one month. It's about one month, exactly. It's about one month now and it's still holding. It's, it's, it's a good indication that it's, it's okay and things are going forward.
0: Oh I didn't realize it was that long. I thought we were only about 2 or 3 weeks in. So we're we're a- almost a full month in to the ceasefire and the the agreement was for 2 months. I guess the question is whether they're still negotiating and whether they're going to be able to extend the ceasefire or if everybody's just rearming to go back to war in June.
1: Exactly. Exactly. This is why this is why it's different and this is why also it could uh, be extended even more than 2 months and maybe it could be extended to a permanent truce to uh, 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 when they uh, when they reach an uh, a peaceful solution for this war and start to uh, to build uh, and re- rebuild the country all
0: right now when it comes to airstrikes or when it comes to the UAE or Saudi Arabia, or even the Al Qaeda armed factions on the ground, everyone is just holding still. There are no skirmishes going on, or or set piece battles anywhere in the country right now. Is that correct?
1: No, no, no skirmishes, no, uh, no fires, uh, no operations at all from all parties. Um, uh, for example, the 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 south and the uh, the secessionists in the south. Uh, they are of course their their um, their head is uh, one member of the presidential council that was um, that was formed now uh, instead of president hadi and his vice president and uh, marib for example the most uh, volatile place is quiet now and um, uh, nothing is happening except with some uh, small uh, skirmishes in marib uh, but not that big in Hudaydah, it's okay. No airstrikes at all. No single one airstrikes was recorded from the beginning of this ceasefire Amazing. one month ago. Amazing. So this is something that never happened before. Never happened yeah. before.
0: All right, you guys, I'm uh, Scott Horton, anti war radio, talking with Nasser Arabi, a reporter out of Sana'a, Yemen. And we're talking about the possible end. Of this horrible war, it's probably the least covered war, but it's uh, every bit as bad as Iraq War II for the last seven years. Now, Obama started it, Trump continued it, Biden promised to end it a year and a half ago and then didn't. And now it looks like the Saudis, the UAE, the Houthis, uh, the Southern secessionists and these other groups are finally working out a ceasefire and we'll see if they're able to continue it. But this is really... The greatest thing that's happened this year so far on the planet Earth, as far as I could tell, I'm so happy to hear you say that the war seems to be over here, at least temporarily speaking. Now, when you say that there's no airstrikes and no fighting going on in Hodeidah, and that's the most important place to know that there's peace and stability. That's the major port on the Red Sea that feeds the entire northern half of the country, right?
1: Exactly. And the ships are being al- allowed in. Uh, the commercial and uh, the aids, and uh, and um, uh, also we 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 can say also that uh, it's also different this time because there are some uh, international developments that are um, that can be observed as uh, as factors that would help end this war in Yemen. Oh yeah, like um, like the compromises, like the 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 Saudi Saudi. Saudi and Iran dialogue, and uh, Saudi and Turkey dialogue. The Turkish President Erdogan was uh, in uh, Riyadh yesterday, and uh, this means, of course, a lot uh, in terms of what's happening in Syria and uh, in, in Syria and Lebanon, and then uh, in terms of what's happening in in Iran, and also this will reflect on what's happening on on, on Yemen. These developments should also be should be considered as uh, big things that would uh, and could that would or could at least uh, help ending end the war here in Yemen.
0: Mm. And yeah, that's at least one thing that Biden has done positively was just about a year ago he sort of signaled a lesser interest in the Middle East, not that he's going to completely wrap up the terror war or anything like that obviously, but that he wanted to shift away and focus more on China and now Russia of course. And that it was in response to those signals, really, that the Saudis decided hey, let's go to Baghdad and meet with the Iranians and start softening up this relationship in anticipation of his claim that he was going to call off support for this war, right? Exactly. So he didn't end the support. He didn't end the support, but he said that he might. And that was enough to get them talking at least.
1: And United States also, United States is also, and the, the position of uh, Biden administration that at least ended the, the what they call the the offensive uh, operations, and this is uh, this is something that, that 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 could be also good for helping uh, this uh, solution this uh, problem to be solved.
0: Hmm. Well, my understanding was that they did not end any of that support. Really, that they said they were going to at first, and then they didn't. But uh, they continued it, you know, all along. The, offens- yet- the
1: offensive. They said. They said the offensive. It is not. Uh, it is not yes there, but at least the, the what they say. Um, apparently, um, they say they say that we want we want to end it. We want to end it. Right. Uh, uh, Biden said that uh, he wanted to make. Saudi uh, Bahrain now he's he's trying to help because uh, he needs them he needs Saudis but uh, we uh, we should look to these things as th- things that could uh, end because uh, Yemen war is uh, is easy to 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 end if they if they if there is a, a good willing a good uh, political willing
0: mm-hmm. all right now um It says here that uh, there's a headline at antiwar.com by Jason Ditz. Yemen's new leaders say our first option is peace. And this new leadership council uh, that has been appointed, I guess, by the Saudis here uh, are going to talk to the U.N. soon. They're going to be meeting with the U.N. Maybe they already did um, in order to uh, move forward talks with the Houthis. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of the Saudis essentially dropping the main demand of the war, which was that they were determined to see Mansour Hadi reinstalled in power in Sanaa.
1: Exactly. So this is the most important thing. Is this uh, the uh, Hadi Hadi being gone now means a lot to uh, to the issue of ending the war in Yemen because uh, Hadi two years or three years ago ago he appointed. Uh, the vice president, just to tell the Americans and the, the Saudis and the Emiratis that if you want me gone, if you want me gone, you would you would you would find who is worse than me. That is the vice uh, the vice president who uh, has uh, some links to Al Qaeda. So uh, now they uh, they thought of this uh, many times how to make how to uh, repair this problem and they uh, um, they removed them uh, both and this is uh, and they uh, they established the council uh, the presidential council that is uh, supposed to make the dialogue with houthi and uh, until now the indications that um, that the indications tell us that this could happen because the, the, the Ba'atis, the, the uh, Houthi side, and the Emiratis and Saudis want or seemingly want to end this war because of the uh, regional and international developments, as we, we can say.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Now. What about the Bin Ladenites there? The uh, you call them Al Qaeda, ISIS. You've told me on the show before that, unlike in Syria, there's not really a split. In fact, I think the split in Syria is somewhat overblown. But that they get along just fine. These kind of these different Bin Ladenite groups there. And if we know anything about them, bunch of suicide bombers and crazies, is that they don't really take orders too well. So I wonder if uh, it's clear that the Saudis and or the UAE just have these guys under wraps, and if the crown prince declares ceasefire that they're going to obey that.
1: Well, th- th- this depends on one thing: uh, Al Qaeda and ISIS ca- can be used easily by by both by Saudi Arabia and by uh, UAE. But now they are calm because um, uh, because there is willingness to end the war. But it doesn't mean now that. They are gone, and they you can't see them because they are there. Um, and the, the sympathizers of these people are uh, within, even within the presidential councils. You know there is the one of the eight members of the presidential council who uh, is um, close to the to the so-called um, giant brigades, and giant brigades are Salafis and Salafis, of course, are close to Al-Qaeda and ISIS, uh, but uh, the, the Al-Qaeda and ISIS that are under the control of Saudi and UAE, uh, because they used them uh, from the beginning of this war, seven years ago. So it's okay, it's quiet, uh, nothing happened, no operations, no suicide bombings uh, uh, during Ramadan, during this ceasefire. and uh, uh, But uh, uh, my explanation for this is uh, that they, uh, there is a strong willingness from Saudis and from UAE side to end this war. Uh, 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 this also means that uh, the Qaeda and ISIS that are not under the control of uh, Saudis and the Emirates uh, would also uh, uh, do their way to, to continue, of course, um, because um, they they have their own way and they have their own supporters and their own uh, sympathizers inside the society, but they are not there now, at least uh, during this ceasefire.
0: Hang on just one second. Hey, guys, I have some wasps in my house so I shot them to death with my trusty Bug Assault 3.0 model with the improved salt reservoir and bar safety. I don't have a deal with them, but the show does earn a kickback every time you get a Bug Assault or anything else you buy from Amazon.com by way of the link in the right-hand margin on the front page at scotthorton.org, so keep that in mind. And don't worry about the mess. Your wife will clean it up. Green Mill Supercritical is the award-winning leader in cannabis oil extraction their machines are absolute top of the line they simply work better and accomplish more for less than any competitor in the world we are talking anywhere from a couple hundred thousand dollars for the base model and up so this is for serious business people here but the price as they say will be worth it green mill Supercritical customers investments pay for themselves oftentimes in just weeks simple enough for almost any operator deep enough for master technicians Their new novel techniques for inline real-time winterization are leaving their competitors in the key. That's GreenMillsuperCritical.com. Man, I wish I was in school so I could drop out and sign up for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom instead. Tom has done such a great job on putting together a classical curriculum for everyone from junior high schoolers on up through the postgraduate level, and it's all very reasonably priced. Just make sure you click through from the link in the right margin at ScottHorton.org. Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. Real history, real economics, real education. Well, that's good. I mean, I guess one of my biggest worries about this whole situation is that as soon as this war is solved, we're going we're gonna switch sides again and go right back to the war against AQAP, which as you covered for the New York Times, was already a catastrophe for the country before Obama switched sides in the war and launched the current, frankly, genocidal campaign of destruction of the entire country. Um, But the terror war before was already bad enough and was only counterproductive in helping grow the al-Qaeda forces uh, larger and larger and more and more powerful and more and more dangerous from 2009 through 2014. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, this is right. This is right for sure. And it could happen, of course, especially if the government uh, or if Yemen is, uh, is divided into two or if the, if the, the government is fragile or weak or uh, is not formed at all. This is uh, for sure. This would happen because Al-Qaeda and ISIS, uh, uh, I mean, the good uh, environment for Al-Qaeda and ISIS is the case. And the lawlessness and um, the the anarchy, so it th- this could happen. Of course, we uh, maybe the the thing that we want most is is to have a government in order to avoid these things and o- in order to avoid the chaos and the uh, extremism and terrorism of Al Qaeda. But it's not um, it's not in our hands to to. Uh, it's just this is just a uh, wishing and uh, it's not in the hand of Yemenis or anyone who wants to establish a good government because there is big intervention from outside, from uh, Iran, from uh, Saudi Arabia, from UAE, and they uh, play with these cards, unfortunately, if if things are not uh, coming in their interest or not going in their interest.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you: If hypothetically, if America could lean on Saudi and UAE very seriously and somehow force them to stop backing AQAP and similar forces, there, would the Houthis and/or the Southern Socialist Secessionists and other groups be able to handle them? Or AQAP is a powerful enough organization now that they're going to rule a chunk of? Southeastern Yemen, kind of, no matter what now.
1: Yes, uh, it's uh, yes. uh, Houthi can't can't control them, especially with the limited resources they have. Houthi is their enemy number one. Yes, but um, if there is no uh, consensus, if there is no uh, strong willingness from all parties, from from all parties, the main parties, I mean, Houthis. Uh, Saudis, Emirates, and also uh, U.S. This Qaeda will uh, will will grow and thrive more and more until it uh, uh, it establishes uh, or until it controls the whole country or at least a main part of it, like the south or east, because Yemen is very big. So uh, I think the only thing to avoid uh, or to prevent Al Qaeda from establishing. Uh, a government or from controlling a part of yemen the only good thing is to end this war because it the 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 biggest winner as i I, as we always say the biggest winner from this uh, case and from this war is al-qaeda and isis of course
0: that's right and from the very beginning i mean listen no american who cares about foreign policy at all can claim ignorance on this in march of 2015 The Yemen expert, Michael Horton, no relation to me, from the Jamestown Foundation, he told a great Pentagon reporter, Mark Perry, he said, well, John McCain complains we're flying as Iran's air force in Iraq right now, which, of course, that was all John McCain's fault too. But he said, well, we're flying as Al Qaeda's air force in Yemen. And that was just as clear as it could be that uh, and here, as we've talked about over and over again, in January of 2015, the Wall Street Journal and Al Monitor both ran stories About how the U.S., our current secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, was a four-star general, head of central command, and he was working with the Houthis, passing them intelligence to use to target and kill al-Qaeda guys with. And that was just two months before Barack Obama turned right around and switched sides in the war. So for anyone paying attention at all, it's been just absolutely clear as day. It's just a black and white, up or down issue. This war is treason. Being fought on behalf, has been fought for the last seven years, on behalf of the same guys who blew up the USS Cole at Port and Aden, who helped coordinate the September 11th attack, who tried to blow up a plane over Detroit on Christmas Day 2009 with the underpants bomb. And did the printer cartridge bomb plots, the massacre at Charlie Hebdo uh, headquarters there in Paris, France, and a couple of those other uh, massacres in Europe. And these are real Al-Qaeda guys, not, oh, Al-Qaeda linked forces like our government claims about whoever they want to kill. These are real dangerous guys, and they're who we've been fighting for this whole time. So never mind accountability. The only question is just how powerful are they now? And, and what sort of, uh, you know, what does the next chapter in the war on terrorism in Yemen look like? I think not good.
1: I think, Yes, I think not good, especially if this war is not uh, is not ended. It, it, it would be even worse and worse because it's uh, the war is the, the, the thing that that feeds them. The, the war is the thing that that uh, help them grow more and more and uh, of course uh, the war divide people and um, uh, help many uh, others to to join uh, al qaeda and isis um, uh, out of um, anger or out of uh, uh, poverty or out of uh, whatever reason there are a lot of reasons of course so uh, if United States want to fight to 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 to, to eradicate Al Qaeda and ISIS and terrorism in Yemen, it must do uh, everything that, that they could to help the uh, to help end this war. Uh, otherwise, of course, it would it would be uh, just a, a victory for Al Qaeda and ISIS, as we know, uh, always.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, um... Uh, Again, it's Antwerp Radio talking with Nasser Arabi, a reporter out of Sana'a, Yemen. And along with treason, as we uh, mentioned previously, uh, briefly, as we've discussed on the show plenty in the past, this war amounts to a genocide as well. And I don't really like throwing that term around loosely, and there are different definitions of it, but... When I don't like to use it unless we really mean absolute mass killing of civilians, deliberate mass killing of civilians. And in this war, as documented, for one, by Martha Mundy from the London School of Economics and Tufts University, uh, she did a study about how they target the farms, the trucks, the flocks of sheep in the field, the grain silos, the horses in their stables, the fishermen's boats. And this has been going on for years. a uh, You know, for all the destruction of the other terror wars of the 21st century, this is unique in the deliberate and systematic targeting of civilian infrastructure, water, electricity, sewage, uh, you know, uh, garbage. And the hospitals in the middle of a cholera outbreak, the Americans helping the Saudis bomb the uh, cholera hospitals. I mean, this is what do you call it when the most powerful nation in the world, especially deliberately inflicts a famine? on another nation, this poor, weak nation. And so I wonder if you could talk about where the humanitarian situation stands now, your best estimates. I know you've kept track, your best estimates of the number of people killed in in violent combat uh, versus also those who have died um, of cholera and of uh, other otherwise easily treatable diseases and malnutrition and so forth, Nasser. Yes, it's, it's, it's
1: the worst. It's the worst humanitarian crisis in the world this is something that is known by everyone and the reason for this is uh, is uh, is the, the the blockade and the airstrikes that targeted everything in everything everything like schools homes um uh, hospitals uh, uh, water food everything deliberately and now we are talking about uh, we're talking about half a million now people killed uh, either directly or indirectly. And uh, we're talking also about, uh, say, more than 20 million. That's more than two thirds of the population of Yemen uh, who are in need for AIDS, who, 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 can't, uh, who are in direct need, for, who, who, can't, who can't manage to, 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 to feed themselves. So this is uh, this is a very big thing, uh, and I think it's 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 enough for anyone who wants to help. Uh, it's enough for um, for for the international commu- community to to do everything they could, everything they could to to end this uh, catastrophe and this uh, disaster that is uh, happening in Yemen for seven years now. Uh, also, the, the 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 homeless people. We are talking about uh, th- it's more than 3 million hmm. uh, who are yes, uh, homeless uh, inside Yemen, of course. There is no, uh, uh, there is no big number uh, going outside Yemen, but th- also it's, it's a big problem. 3 million is a big problem. 3 million people who are homeless because of this war. It's half a million. It's about uh, 500,000 people hmm. who, are, who are killed so far. Uh, directly or indirectly when i'm saying directly and indirectly of course it's uh, it's because of the war because of this war but not necessarily being killed by uh, by, by 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 guns right and, and people
0: people have to understand that when when a small child is malnourished then they can be killed off by the common cold
1: Exactly. If, if, a, if, a, if a child dies because he's, he's, he's hungry or because there is no good nutrition because of the blockade, it's a war. It's a war, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, it's just terrible. I want to mention uh, real quick here, YemenFoundation.org. I know this lady, Aisha Juman, is the president. And a friend of mine investigated this group very carefully and showed that 98% and more— of the money that they raise goes directly to help people in Yemen. They don't take any salaries or any of this, and not all charities are that effective. But this is really a great one, and Aisha Juman is a a really great lady, and that's YemenFoundation.org if people want to help support for the humanitarian cause there. Um, And with that, we're out of time. We have to wrap it up. But thank you so much again for your time on the show. Best of luck to you and to all your countrymen there, Nasser. And I sure hope that you guys can figure out a way to extend this ceasefire into a real armistice and a real end of this war. So peace to you, my friend.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for for, for, for your, your interest in Yemen. Thank you very much for your support in Yemen.
0: All right, you guys, and that has been Anti-War Radio for this morning. I'm your host, Scott Horton, editorial director at anti and author of Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. you can find my full interview archive, more than 5,700 interviews now, going back to this time 2003 at scotthorton.org and at youtube.com slash show. And I'm here every Sunday morning from 8.30 to 9 on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A. See you next week.